before we even kick off the podcast, I just want to remind everyone to go like, subscribe, and keep up with these weekly episodes. If you like what you hear, spread the word so more coaches can tune in for our weekly podcasts. Would you win more games if you had a reliable kicker or a punter who could flip the field? The answer is virtual kicking. Coach Cullen has over 15 years of experience coaching specialists and special teams. Virtual kicking is designed to be the kicking coach to schools across the country. He takes the guesswork out of coaching your specialists. From first-time kickers or to specialists trying to play in college, with pre-built, easy-to-follow plans, specialists and coaches alike follow the scripts for both in-season and off-season. Coaches love the efficient and professional instruction their players receive every week through the coaching app. Simply upload video and receive individual coaching with next steps for each week of the season. Schools are already seeing the benefits. Visit virtualkicking.com to schedule a free Zoom call or text Kicking Coach to 202-599-5077. That's Kicking Coach to 202-599-5077. Don't wait until the fourth quarter. Virtualkicking.com. Hi, I'm Coach Tony Schiffman, and welcome to the Hog Football Podcast, where we talk all things football and all things offensive line. Hey guys, today I've got with me Coach Brian Vaughn. Coach Vaughn got his career started at Western New England College as an assistant football coach before coordinating defenses at Rose Holman, New Mexico Military, Rhodes College, and Florida Institute of Technology. Coach Vaughn was also a four-year letter winner at Illinois College and a very good friend of mine. Coach Vaughn, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great, Tony, man. Awesome to be here. Yeah, good. I'm glad, uh, glad to, you know, it's, we kind of lost touch a little bit through just life. And then uh, a few years ago, um, I got, I got a chance to see you down at the AFCA convention and, and sort of uh, get back and, and talk with you a little bit. So it, it's been good to kind of stay in touch these last few years, uh, especially with, with kind of my, my jump into college and, and you being there for forever and, and, uh, and, uh, always, always nice having someone to talk to and ask questions about. So it's been, it's been good having you back in that way. Yeah, man, the, the FCA convention is always awesome for that. Right. It was, uh, I, I remember, uh, the first year you came and, and there's all these IC guys, right. There's all these Illinois college dudes yep. hanging out and it was like, Oh, Schiffman's here, man. I haven't <laughs> seen Schiffman in forever. Right. Like, I probably hadn't seen you since you were a senior probably cause you it, were off coaching all over and, yeah. and I, you know, weren't in the same place at the same time. Right. It, yeah, exactly. It had exactly. It's, it's just, it's funny how that works. So um, anyways, good. I'm glad to have you here. It's good to talk with you. Um, first question I've got for, and again, you know, you, you're a defensive guy. You're obviously, you know, coach defensive backs uh, you're, you know, pretty much your entire career. You you've, you've coordinated defenses um, for a long time. Talk to me though, about how some of those really great teams you've had, talk to me a little bit about how the offensive line, Granted, you you know I know you're a defensive guy, but talk to me about how the offensive line played a role in some of the uh, of the success that those really te- good teams had. It's critical on every single team. I think. First of all, I think offensive line coaches and DB coaches have a lot in common. We yep. a lot of times get kicked out separately, where everything <laughs> is all this technique technique work. Go do your thing. These other guys are going to get together and do group work, and you need to make sure all of your techniques on point. And then we live in a lot of stressful world where we move backwards and other right. people get to move forward, right? The, you know, you talk about a pass setter. I mean, it's not that different from being one-on-one in coverage, right? right. There's a lot of 
really, you know, intricate technique work that has to happen. And every team I've ever been around, when you're really good, it's because your offensive line is really good. You can protect the quarterback in the pass game. You can knock people back and run the ball when it matters, not just when it's convenient, right? Oh, they gave us a light box so we can run the ball. No, like the really good teams could run the ball when they want to run the ball. Right. And it's uh, that's a byproduct of really good uh, O-line O-line play. And then, like I said, protecting the quarterback is a premium. Now, if you are going to win, you're going to get off schedule at some point and you have to throw the ball on third down and the teams that can throw the ball on third down, have good offensive lines. They can protect the quarterback and it doesn't matter how good your QB is. If he is under duress all the time, uh, he's going to live in a crappy world. It's it's not (laughs) going to be good for him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if he's, if he's on his back, he can't do much from his back. No, no doubt. And, and even, even just moving off his spot. I mean, so much of the passing game, these guys get seven on seven comfortable where they learn to do all their rhythm and timing without a pass rush. Mm -hmm. And so then when the pass rush starts to happen and they have to move, getting a guy off his spot does a lot to these quarterbacks and the offensive lines that can keep that guy on his spot and keep him protected, uh, you know, make, make things, uh, you know, much easier for every football team because the best defensive play is the one where you're on the sideline and your offense is moving the ball. There's no right. doubt you you don't you don't get beat when you're in those situations. Like the right. offense is on the field doing their thing, um, so it's huge. And I've been around some really good offensive line coaches at the different spots I've been who coach guys up really well, and that obviously makes it uh, a challenge in practice. And that helps you. It also gives you that resource where you're like, hey, let me ask you about what you're doing here and learn and get some insight because one of the best ways to attack offenses is to understand what they're trying to do. If you don't sure. get it, if, if you don't understand how their pass pro works or why they're doing certain things in the blocking scheme, um, the best way to, to learn is to just ask those guys because they know and they'll tell you. And especially when you're on the same staff together. And even when you're not on the same staff, it's a great, whether it's the convention or Zoom clinic or whatever, sitting mm-hmm. down and talking about how the offense sees it versus the defense sees it. We see the world very differently. So it's always cool to get those insights because it helps you learn what you're trying to do. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, and, and especially with, with this technological age, I mean, it's, it's so easy to reach out to somebody, like you said, via zoom or via Twitter. And, and, you know, 99 times out of a hundred that that coach is going to be very open and, and tell you, you know, Hey man, let's, here's what we do. Here's why we do it. Here's the structure of it. You know, every now and again, you'll get that one guy who kind of likes to co- hold things close to the, close to the chest a little bit, but you know, for the most part, coaches in, in this generation are, are so open and with everything. And, and that's great. And like you said, you know, we, you touched on that in practice too. It's, it's so great for us as an offense going against our defense in practice because they're going to make us better. And, you know, we, we as offensive coaches, like you said, want to make them better too. So it's, it's, it's so great that old, you know, that old adage, iron sharpens iron, but it, it really is the case when, especially when you've got coaches that, that want to be successful everywhere you know not just not just on Saturdays but they want to be successful on Tuesday and Wednesday and and in in the five minute indie period so uh that's fantastic that you've had that opportunity with those with you know with the coaches you you've gotten to work with over the over the years so uh, can't can't argue against that one bit um so looking you know you and I you kind of you kind of mentioned that offensive line and defensive backs are kind of similar well you know, I was thinking you and I are a little bit similar too in kind of our playing careers, uh, both a little bit undersized. Um, no offense. <laughs> that, no I, offense. I appreciate you being generous calling me a little bit undersized. Sure. Yeah, one hundred percent. No, no offense. No offense on this next comment, but maybe not the greatest mm-hmm. of football players. Also true. Also true. Um, but you know, you've you've 
been coaching since you graduated essentially from Illinois college. Was that something that you sort of, as college went on, you, you, you wanted to do, um, or was it something that you knew you wanted to do when, when you, you know, when you first stepped foot, uh, you know, at, at IC, was it, was it always something kind of in the back of your mind or, or sort of built up over time? I was, uh, I was a freshman in high school and I did one of those, um, English class, uh, like it's like a personality inventory or whatever. And then you're supposed to write a paper about one of the careers you could get into. So mm -hmm. the deal was you took this personality test and then you, uh, got, you know, grouped into a certain set of uh, potential careers and then you were supposed to research and then ask people questions about what it would be like to be in that career and so one of the careers that i got was uh, an engineer because i was uh, i was decent at math i liked science classes right it's like okay this looks cool so i do that and then i job shadowed an engineer in jacksonville for a day and wrote this paper and i thought well i'm not doing that for a job <laughs> so what what the heck would i ever do for for a career and um, I was always super interested in football. And, and during that, you know, freshman year to sophomore year time in high school, I thought I really would love to coach football. I mm -hmm. think this is something I would would like to do. And forever, I, I think I've always been um, interested in the, the X's and O's and the football part of things. And like you said, I mean, I was never a great player. It wasn't like I was this dominant, you know, football force where it was that was the only thing. But I get this question a lot from guys who yeah. are young guys trying to like get into coaching. And they're like, you know, would you have rather gone and played D3 or gone to like a division one and been a student assistant, which is, wasn't really a thing when you and I were in college necessarily right. as much, but it's really common. Now there's this huge army of student assistants at every division one program. And these guys are going to try and get into football. And I tell them it's all about your personality for me. Right. I really wanted to play football. I wouldn't have traded being a division three football player for anything because that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to keep playing. Um, I know other guys that that's not their deal. That's not the thing that's the most passionate thing to them. And they would rather go to D1 and be a student assistant and do that stuff. Whatever it is that's that, you know, strikes your fire, go do that stuff. I would not have traded my, if I had to go back and do it again, I wouldn't have said, well, I'm not a very good football player. So I'll just probably, you know, go be a student assistant in division one. I. I still would have gone to D3 and tried to play. Right. Cause it's just, it's just what I wanted to do. And again, it's just about, you know, your personal preference and what you want. But Illinois College is a fascinating place from the perspective of how many football coaches came from Illinois College. It's oh, nuts. Yeah. It's absolutely astounding. I mean, even even shoot, even just you look at the cuz we we were teammates for 2 years. 2 years, yep. You look at just those 2 years. The 2 years that you yeah. and I were just teammates. I mean, and then on top of it add the add the guys that that with with your class. I mean, yeah, I mean I I mean just off the top of my head, I can probably think of like 30 guys. And that's, that's, oh, yeah. that's from high school to, to division three to, I don't know how high it goes, but still, I mean, it's, there's, there's so many of it. And, and I, it's crazy to think that. Um, cause I mean, cause you know, you talk about, you wanted to coach as a freshman. I mean, I didn't think I didn't get into coaching until I was 27, 26 or 27. So that was something that wasn't even in the back of my mind at that point. Um, and, you know, and again, it's, it's, it's crazy to think that there are that many guys, it's the, I mean, the cradle of coaches, Tom, Tom Rowland's got a, got a coaching tree that's, that goes on forever. Um, it, uh, it's, it's nuts. I mean, one time I was at uh, uh, Ken Leonard's uh, clinic over at Cigarette Griffin yep. and you walk into that thing and they're just, I see dudes everywhere. Cause yep. obviously there's the, the ones that, you know, 
uh, that you played with or whatever. Right. And then there's all these other guys who've been coaching high school ball for forever. And they're like, Oh yeah, I'm an, I'm an IC alum from the seventies. You know, I know your dad or I'm a IC alum from the eighties. I played for Bill Anderson or, I mean, it's just right. nuts. It's nuts. The guys that are out there all over the place too, all over uh, Illinois. I mean, it's, it's, and it's mostly Illinois, but, but it's spread out since then, I suppose. Yeah. And it's still, it's so, it's still so cool. Like you said, I mean, you go, yeah, like you said, I mean, I can think of, you know, you've got, you've got John Allison and Doug Martin and, and Neil's over there and then Derek obviously. And, and I'm sure Kilday was probably at the, at the clinic speaking. And I mean, that's just, that's me yeah. just thinking for 10 seconds. There's again, 30 oh, other yeah. guys that, that are around that are doing that stuff. So that, that that's pretty cool. I, we need to, we need to sit down sometime and try to figure out who, who is coaching and where they're at and kind of, put that together because that's pretty neat yeah and the second you start to it, it'll be a connect the dots because once you start putting people together I mean there's entire staffs in Illinois high school football that are I see guys I mean oh, the yeah. other day I was I was talking to uh uh well a little while back when when uh we're at a wedding and and uh, uh coach Knox from uh Athens was there mm -hmm. and his whole staff is I see guys yeah. he starts listing off who's on his staff I'm like well I know every one of these dudes like <laughs> this is this is just Illinois college people I got yeah. it Cool. Well, there, and there was, I mean, there was a time, there was a long time, maybe, I mean, five to 10 years where, uh, grounds at Jacksonville, his whole staff was, I see guys. Yep. Uh, and it's, they, they've sort of branched out a little bit, but yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, you know, kind of switching gears a little bit. Um, one of the things that, that you do, uh, that I really didn't even realize it was you until after a while was, uh, you run the, uh, blitzology page on Twitter where you know, talking about film, writing article or talking about defense and writing articles and posting film. Um, how did that come about a little bit? And, and what, what, you know, what, what's kind of the good things, the fun things you like about doing that? Yeah. I, so like 11 years ago, I started writing it. Um, and it was just a website at the time. It didn't have mm -hmm. a Twitter account. Cause I don't, Twitter wasn't really a big deal right then and whatever. Yeah. And it all was born out of, um, I got frustrated that sometimes at clinics, what would happen with blitzing would be a guy would get up on a overhead projector or, a, and at that time, a lot of it was overhead projector right. and draw a blitz and then would provide no context. <laughs> when do I use it? How do I use it? How do I fix the problems? How, you know, why does this work? All that stuff. And then show some clips of it working and back, see, this is, this is good. And I remember thinking, okay, that doesn't really make a lot of sense. And then these other guys were doing clinics and it was like really involved and they were really explaining stuff. And I was like, okay, so I definitely know how, what kind of information I like. How much of that is out there? And then you start, you know, doing Google searches and stuff like that. And it just wasn't really out there. So I was writing up a bunch of film stuff I was watching and just putting down notes. And I thought, well, you know, I'll just put this out there and see if anybody wants to read it. I honestly never thought anybody would pay any attention. But the Internet is a wild place, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you, you start talking about something on the Internet and people just start reading. And I and, you know, the other day. And I look at the Twitter account and it's, it, there's 10,000 followers, which I know is not huge compared to lots of other followings. But to me, I, I was blown away. I'm right. like, how the heck did this happen? Um, and so it's been one of those things where it's just stuff I'm interested in. Uh, it's, it's different concepts that I'm interested in. And I always, the blitzology name was always just a joke. It was just a, you know, uh, people acting like blitzing is just guessing. Well, there's a lot to it. The same way there's a lot to every aspect of football coaching, right? Sure. You're not just, you know, offensive line play isn't just hit a guy really hard, right? There's a lot of technique work and a lot of stuff that happens to make that play work. There's also a lot of coaching that went into when do we use this concept and how do we use it to make it really go the best way possible. And I felt the same way about blitzing, right? There's all this intricacy and nuance and, 
is it truly science? No, but there's certainly a lot to it that is scientific, right? We're putting right. a lot of time and effort and energy into figuring out what works and then doing it. And so um, I just started writing about it and, and thought it was interesting. And then apparently other people thought it was interesting too. So it <laughs> turned into a thing. Um, and that's, that's been really gratifying. The best part of it by far has been connecting with coaches. And for a long time, I never even had my name on it. I just always thought I want people to be interested in this. If they're interested in it, if they think it sucks, then they'll just move on. And if they think it's great, they'll, they'll read it. Um, and then I uh, became friends with, with coach Vass, you know, 10 years ago and coach Vass runs a podcast. And he's like, Hey, come on the podcast. He's like, I want to talk about blitzology on there. And I'm like, well, I've never really put it out there that I write it. And he's like, well, we should put it out there that you write it. And so then it just became <laughs> a thing. And so a couple of years ago, I don't know, two, three years ago. And I got the same response uh, from other people I got from you. Like, I didn't know you wrote this. Right. But yeah. I, I write this. And, uh, and then it really came to light how many people were reading it. And I'd never looked at any of the analytics or any of that stuff. And then I started looking at how many people were actually like looking at the site and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, cool. People yeah. are interested in this. That's neat. Yeah. And um, I just try to make it, you know, interesting stuff. And I just try to put, uh, you know, the other part of it is I think there's a promotion element that happens. Um, when you're a coordinator, you don't always get the credit for certain things. And it, it's nice to put somebody's name on it. Like if you put a clip of a video up and then put their name with it mm -hmm. so that as they're looking for jobs and things like people start to go, Oh yeah, he's really good. I saw him running such and such. It builds momentum. There's right. no doubt. And so for guys to get their name out there, it's one of the ways that guys get, um, you know, their brand built when it comes to looking for jobs and things like that is uh, when their defense is out there for people to see the momentum builds really fast. I think when you look at Brandon Staley out with the Los Angeles Rams, he built his brand really quickly by getting really good, really fast in the NFL. And he turned it into a head job. I think you look at a guy like Marcus Freeman who jumped from Cincinnati to uh, Notre Dame. I mean, these guys brands are building fast in part because of social media. Mm. And so I think coaches are starting to see going on different social media platforms and having some film of their football being played at a high level that they're coaching show up on the internet is good for them. And yeah. I think that's really cool. Part of this whole thing too, is that when you're doing really good work, uh, especially some of these, these defensive coaches that are putting up tremendous numbers and performing at a high level in an offensive world, having your stuff show up on the internet and be looked at by a lot of people is cool. It helps yeah. you. Well, it shows, it shows relevance number one. And, it, and I mean, because that's, unfortunately that's, the generation we live in as coaches is, is a very much a technology driven generation. I mean, you know, that you've, you've been in, you've been in coaching long enough to understand that the way you recruited in 2005, 2006 is not the way the, not the way you recruit in 2021. I mean, it's just, it's completely changed. Um, now, granted, you still might be a phone call guy and you still might do those things for the majority, but I mean, you have to check your Twitter. You have to check your, your social media platforms for recruits because, I mean, a lot of guys, that's how they reach out to you. That's how they talk. That's how this generation, I mean, you've got kids that, and you know this again, not to try to, not to, not to get off gear too much, but you, you've got kids that won't answer a phone call, but will text you for an hour and a half a, a night. Um, and, and so it's that, it's that technology, technology age that, that we as coaches have to adapt to. And I think it's great. Um, and, you know, going back, going back to kind of your original point with learning from each other. I, I mean, I know for, for a fact, I, I look at the website um, and I look at the Twitter page because I want to I want to know what you guys are doing as a defensive coordinator. I want to know what you guys are doing, what you're seeing, why you're calling these blitzes. And I think that your page um, does a great job in, in, in helping us us offensive guys understand the why to what you're doing. So um, I, I think it's great. And again, 
I didn't realize it was you until, <laughs> until, until probably the last year or so. So um, it's, it's still pretty fantastic that you're doing all that. Uh, are you now, do you, are you, I mean, obviously you're still keeping up with it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've been, uh, you know, obviously been putting stuff up, trying to, trying to write, uh, write, you know, at different times. One of the things that I was super conscious of, and I am very aware of is that, you know, life gets busy and you have different obligations at different times, depending on what your job situation is and what's going on. And so I've always been very conscious of saying, Hey, you know, this is a free thing. It's not a pay service. I don't have a sub stack account and you pay for this and pay for that. And any of those things, because I never wanted to be beholden to it. I don't do this for a profession. I'm a football coach. That's what I do. And so there are times where it does go dormant for a while because there's other things going on that just sure. take precedent at a, at a particular time or whatever. Um, and there's times where it's slower and, and there's more that gets to get put out there and, and shared and off season and all that kind of stuff. And so it does ebb and flow, but I also feel like, you know, because nobody paid a subscription or any of that kind of stuff, it's one of those things where it's like, Hey, when I have time to write and yeah. I feel like doing it cool. And if I don't, you know, fine too. Uh, it, and so it's very stress-free for me from that perspective. I don't feel any obligation to do anything with it. Um, and I just am always grateful that people like it. I'm yeah. always just like, Hey, that's awesome. I'm glad people found something. And I, you know, I had a guy reach out the other day and just hit, send me a DM and he's like, Hey, I just want to thank you for what you you know put out there. Like, uh, lately I've been putting up cutups of, uh, NFL teams, yep. uh, particularly like specific plays. Cause I think when it comes to coaches, you know, we don't, I've coached at a lot of levels and, and, you know, I mean, you have a lot of secondary duties and other stuff. You don't always have a film situation where they're just like, Oh, let, let my film guy make all these awesome cutups for me. Well, I had some time to make some cutups. So I shared them cause I thought other people would want to watch them too. You know yeah. what I mean? And, uh, I think that those are the kind of things that, you know, it's just about, like you said, it's advancing our profession. We want, I want football to be as good as it can be. And, right the internet is helping that be a possibility because there's access to stuff that you just never had access. Like, like hog football chat, right? There's all these old line coaches who get together and I always just watch uh, from the background and see what you guys are talking about. And I'm like, okay, all right, let's see what Al Qaeda is up to. Got right. it. Okay. This is what they're going to do. Oh, yeah. um, Cause it's always interesting, right? You guys are always discussing things that is really the inverse of how we think, but it's all the same topics that we come up with. Like, how are we going to block this particular thing? Or what do you like in terms of, uh, you know, if you had to choose between X or Y, which are you going to take? Right. Uh, Cause there was a conversation going on about, you know, do you go essentially man protection, big on big versus half slide is your first drop back protection that you install. It's a fascinating conversation to yeah. hear what O-line coaches are talking about yeah. to see how they see that, that world. And, you know, that, that stuff's, I mean, that's the, the beauty of this whole thing is that it, uh, you know, when you come from a background where we both went to a college where the number one major is education, right? Like the educational component of this is we're teachers, right? We right. teach football, what we do. And so I always think of it in those terms. And that why would, why would a math teacher not share math resources with another math teacher? Right. 100%. Why would a football, why would a football coach not share with other football coaches? I don't, I don't, right. I don't know. Um, yeah. That's the thing. And that's do, the thing, like you said, that's, I mean, why not share who, who, who cares? Like, I don't care if, if, if any, if, if somebody reaches out to me and asks me a question, I'm going to help them as best as I can, because first of all, somebody did that for me on my, on my journey, if you want to call it that. Um, and second of all, again, like you said, who cares? We're, we're, I'm not telling you my game plan. I'm not telling you 
when we're doing it, I'm telling you, you know, I'm giving you enough, enough that you can take it as your own. You know what I mean? And, and, and so it's not, it, it's again, that's, that's sort of the beauty of this profession. Like you said, it's that um, we get to do that and we get to have those relationships and, and have those conversations with people and not have to worry about looking over our shoulders, so to speak. I, I do think, and I don't know how you feel about this on the, the offensive side, but I feel like the internet has made it where everything is moving a lot faster though. Uh, yeah. I think ideas used to, you know, ideas used to just spread a lot slower. And now you see something, I mean, one, one thing that we do that's just, I, it's, it's ridiculous uh, that this is even a thing, but it is true. Every week when you're preparing for like scout team stuff, we'll just tell somebody who's like a, a GA or an intern or whatever, Hey, just scour Twitter and see what people are tweeting about. Like some play that showed up in the NFL or major, major college football, like what's trending. And we'll practice that as part of our script during the week, just because really? it will show up. Somebody will do it. And, yes. and yeah. it, it's, it's a hundred percent true. They're like, Oh, they ran this play in short yardage goal line in the, you know, the chiefs ran it or whatever. And it's trending all over Twitter. And then, you know, somebody's going to try and do it. And it's, it's very true that people do that because we have access to stuff we never had access to. It's like, oh, that's a cool play. And it goes with all this other stuff that we already do. Hey, let's do that. And it's like, and it may not show up, but there's a lot of times where people do mix that stuff in. Cause when it, you get that idea, like, Hey, might as well try this. Let's see if this, I know for a while, the one, the, uh, sugar huddle sprint to the line of scrimmage, you have a tackle flexed out and a tight end at tackle and you hide yeah. the tight end and then run them vertical. Like a couple years ago, uh, it showed up in a game in a pro game. And then the next thing you know, it showed up, you know, however many more times in, in every other level, because it, it was on Twitter and it was like, Hey, we could do that. That's yeah. easy. That's a, it's an easy play. No, and that's so, a, yeah, that's actually, I never really thought of that. That's we, we don't do that, but that's not a bad idea. So that's, that's kind of funny. You say that. Well, I think, I think too, it's, it's amazing how fast, you know, the creeper simulated pressure stuff mm-hmm. has been around forever. It's not new, right? It's, this is not a new concept. This is something teams have been doing for a long time. The volume at which they're doing it has, increased right and you look at the whys and it's like well we're all seeing a bunch of rpo stuff and now can we do stuff that attacks that well as this all keeps going back and forth everything's that is going to keep evolving and somebody's going to do something that they like and people are going to buy into that and start doing more of it and that's going to cause a defensive reaction or defense is going to do something and it's going to cause an offensive reaction and it's really interesting to see how much data you can gather on that really quickly because the internet is this like unbelievable funnel for all that data to come to you. And you can see how it's affecting people, not just in your league, but all over the country at multiple levels, right? This Mm -hmm. is high school film, D3 film, Juco film, D2 film, D1 film, one double a film pro film. And we're all, you know, you're watching it and you're seeing all these different sources and you're like, well, you can really get some clear, uh, you know, information that goes across you know, multiple levels really quickly. And that's pretty awesome too. I mean, that, that blows my mind sometimes because when you think about the beginning and you talk about 2005, you couldn't send a text message, Tony. Right. Nope. That was against the NCAA rules. Think right. about that recruiting. Couldn't send a text <laughs> message. Okay. I, I, but I tell you what, there's some coaches that wish that was the case again. I, I mean, and you know that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause there's, there's also some guys in recruiting like a uh, young recruits too, that, uh, you know, they are, uh, their text game is strong. We'll put it that way. Like I'm oh, not yeah. a, I'm, I'm not a guy who sends a boatload of texts, uh, you know, just in general, uh, it's usually, this is important information sort of deal. Right. But there's some guys, man, when you get to recruiting them, like you said, they will hit you up and your phone will 
will blow up in the text message category once they have the right. uh, the cell number. They're they're not shy. No, about, uh, see and and see, I'm I'm sort of I'm that way. Uh, you know, I think, and, and a lot of that I think is because I spent so much time as a high school coach. Um, but I know that when I tried to get in touch with those high school kids, calling them, you know, if I, if I, if I wanted to meet the offensive line on a Saturday to go over film, I knew that if I called them, they wouldn't answer, but I knew if I sent them a text or sent them a, a, a message on social media that I get a response. And so that's sort of been, now that's not to say I won't call a kid and talk to them and have that meaningful conversation with him, but I'll definitely I'll definitely text more, more so than I'll call. And that's probably, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. And some coaches will say it's a good thing. Some will say it's a bad thing, but um, yeah, if I, it's some of these dudes will definitely blow you up and leave you, keep blowing you up until you, (laughs) and really, I mean, we can't sit there and say, dude, stop talking to me or stop calling me or stop, stop messaging me. I mean, we have to do our job and, and, uh, and, and be, be smiley happy all the time, no matter what. So it, it, yeah, I got you there for sure. The biggest thing I miss is the landline because sometimes you would call and the kid wouldn't be home and you just get that, you know, three minute conversation with the parent yep. that would help build that relationship and alleviate, you know, some stress area stuff, because obviously you, you don't just recruit a player, you recruit the family too. And right. it was really cool to have some of those interactions and in, in a different way. Now, if you're going to call a parent, you got to really reach out to that parent because they don't have a landline anymore. I mean, right. that's not a, you can't call the house and just say, Hey, you know, is, is Johnny around? And like, Oh no, Johnny's not here. And then you talk to, you know, mom or dad for, for 10 minutes. Um, that just doesn't exist anymore. Right. That was definitely a cool aspect of the old, the old process for sure. The old regime. Um, and now I don't, I don't know how it goes for you, but for me over the last couple of years, if I'm going to have a phone call with a kid, we set it up with text message. Like, oh, hey, yeah. oh, I'm going to call 100%. you, I'm going to call you at the, you know what I mean? There's no cold call anymore, which used no. to be a thing, right? You would, you would call and hope you got them. And if not leave a voicemail or whatever, um, because you couldn't text at the time and you couldn't do social media stuff at the time. And so there was, it was just a totally different deal. You leave a message and hope they called you back. Right. And uh, I think some of those guys were nervous to call back, you know, so they, it took them some time to get up the courage to do it and stuff like that. But it's, you know, and it all changes. It, I, I, I'd never FaceTime to recruit until a couple of years ago. You know, that was obviously a big change. Like, Hey, right. coach, can we FaceTime with you instead of a call? Uh, sure. <laughs> let's, let's do this. Right. You know, cause they had mom and dad there and they're going to sit around the kitchen table. And so instead of a phone call, let's all, you know, sit and, and, and FaceTime or, you know, zoom has become obviously a thing now. Um, yep. All this other type of stuff has become, really taken off. So it's definitely a totally different interaction world now than it yeah. was when oh, yeah. we started. And, it's, sure. and, well, and, and just the film. I mean, now these guys, it was hard to get film. They had to send you the film in, in the mail, in the postal service mail uh, on a DVD or a VHS in the beginning. And now, you know, now you can just Google search the kid's name and huddle and find them. So right. totally different, totally different deal. It's, it's all uh, at our fingertips. It was before. That's, yeah. It's, it's, it's all there for us to, I mean, that's, that's the thing. If, if you can't find it, if you can't get in touch with a kid, then shame on you because everything is right there at the, you know, at our fingertips for us to find. And so it's, it's, if, if you're not, if you're not able to find it, then you're obviously not doing the work. Um, you know, because like I said, it's all, it's all there for us. So, oh, well, uh, I'm sure in the next <laughs> 10 years, it's going to change even more and it's going to be even more. It's all evolving. But didn't, didn't you find when you were at high school that like you had a, a different sense of what the youth, you know, the youth movement was like when you were with those high school guys. And then I think there's a different vibe when you're in a college environment 
uh, you just get these different vibes about where things are headed and what, oh, yeah. what people are like. Yeah. And, and I definitely think you talk to high school coaches now and they're saying the same stuff. It's like, we don't do phone calls ever guys. These guys don't, you know, these high school age young people are not doing this. They right. are, you know, and, and I always find it interesting. You'll hear somebody say some like, uh, you know, kind of judgmental thing about a high school kid about, Oh, they don't have any uh, ambition or whatever. And then I'll watch a kid, uh, for, you know, 45 minutes straight, try to master a TikTok dance. I'm like, they have ambition. It just might not be the ambition you're hoping they have, but they have ambition. Uh, right. It's just, it's just in what subject area. I mean, it's really interesting. I mean, that's the, I think that's the best thing about coaching is that being around young people keeps you, uh, you know, at least in tune with what's happening and yeah. how things are changing. And it definitely is. Every time I, I interact with it, I always think, man, it's different than when I was in high school. Cause that was, you know, it seems like forever ago that we were, uh, we were in high school, you know? Well, I mean, I mean like, you, you think about when you and I were in high school, I mean, I don't now, I mean, I, I can remember visiting three or four schools, but I don't remember getting quote unquote recruited. I remember, I remember walking into school and I, I played at Springfield high school. So my head coach was Bill Anderson, who, who, you know, used to be the head coach at Illinois college, but I can remember walking into school on like a Tuesday and, and coach Anderson basically finding me in the, in, you know, before school started and said, Hey, McMurray's going to be here. Go talk to them at 1130. Okay. Like that was, that was my recruitment process. You know, I don't remember, you know, I don't, I can't tell you coach. I mean, obviously we didn't have social media. Obviously, you know, we, you and I, if we talked to a coach, it was on in person or on the landline. Um, but I mean, it's just, you look at how different it, 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 that even that process is now, um, you know, so it's, it's, again, it's always evolving and it's, it's kind of funny looking back on how things were back, back in the day um, and the differences you have now uh, because the conversations are the same. I, you know, I can imagine that the conversations that were being had with me, because I, I, again, 20 years ago, I can't remember, I can't barely remember what happened yesterday. Um, but I can, I can imagine the conversation that those coaches had with me 20 years ago are the same ones that you and I are having with kids today. Uh, it's just, you know, the, the vessel is a little bit different. Um, than than sitting down in front of them as as much as we can and and you know talking to mom or dad and talking on the phone it's just a little bit a little bit different with the 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 handheld computer we have uh, have now in our pockets so sure and it, was, it was so regional then don't you think I mean oh, I think all the schools yeah. all the schools that I looked at and all the schools that I ever talked to when I was in high school were really right there in the area right they were Illinois schools they were a little bit into you know Iowa and Missouri a little bit mm -hmm. into Indi Indiana but it was all very much stuff you drive to pretty easily from, from uh, uh, Jacksonville, you know, wasn't far away or anything like that, uh, or at least not too far away in my mind. And uh, now, you know, I, I think you, I'm sure you, you guys recruit all over the place. It's, it's nothing for a guy to be like, Oh, this is a, this is a kid that's, you know, five States away and he's right. going to have to fly in if he's going to come visit. Um, but that's very common now, you know, guys are, totally open to that idea of, Oh, I live in California, but I'm going to go to school in Illinois. Right. Like that's not a, that's not a surprising outcome anymore. Uh, I think back then it was because you even think about our time at, at IC. I mean, almost everybody that played with us, we all played pretty much in the same area. We're from the same, same places yeah. uh, for the most part, you know, central Illinois, uh, you know, into Southern Illinois, a little bit into Northern Illinois, but even, even uh, out of state kids weren't that common at that time. And even now, it's, it's just different, right? It's, it's completely different uh, right. world because social media, man, made it oh, possible yeah. where, you know, you can go, you can go 800 miles from home and 
I'll just FaceTime with my friends. Right. I'll stay up with them on, you know, stay up with them on Instagram and stuff like that. And it's, it's cool. I'm, I'm all right being that far away from home. And right. that exactly. just wasn't the case. I mean, you can, I mean, I can uh, remember when, when we were at IC, we thought, we thought it was strange when we had kids from Chicago come to school. Um, and you know, that was only, that was a three or four hour trip. We thought that was like, Oh man, these kids are coming from Chicago. Holy cow. Um, and you know, now, like you said, it's from all over, all over America and then even out of America, sometimes get some, some of the, the international kids. So yeah, crazy. Definitely. When we were at Illinois college too, this, this gives people an idea. I went to Illinois college and did not have a cell phone. Right. Uh, we used, there was like dorm phones or whatever. Yeah. Um, and if you wanted to order a pizza or whatever, you had to call on the landline <laughs> in the dorm. And then they came to the door of the dorm and used the phone that was in the lobby to call your room and say, hey, your pizza's here. Yep. Like it was wild. Like that's, I, you know, now you tell somebody that's what was going on. They're like, wait, what? There was a yeah. phone built into the wall yeah. in the lobby? Yeah. Correct. There you was. had to share? Yeah. You, you did. You did. You shared the phone. Yep. And uh, also people like don't remember that, uh, I think the Leo's college special back then was like five bucks to get it delivered to Illinois college. It was like, not, it was not much. I remember no, that. Yeah. Uh, and this wasn't that long ago. And it's uh, now I'm sure it's, it's a totally different world, but that was, that was yeah. Jacksonville at that time. In, now now they can 2000s. just pull up, pull up their app and it's, it's there in, in minutes. Yeah. They probably order online. Yeah. They probably oh, yeah, don't, 100%. Even, don't even call it in. No, uh, no, it's totally, totally different deal now, but yeah, that was, you had to actually know the phone number, uh, <laughs> you know, right i couldn't either I, look it up or know it right and i and i don't know people's phone numbers anymore so that's pretty it's funny you say that i have to i i don't like i'm i i couldn't tell you my wife's phone number which is horrible and she yeah. probably couldn't tell you mine but i don't i don't need to worry about it because it's in my cell phone so yeah it's, all those numbers are in my cell phone but i can still tell you leo's pizza phone, uh, phone number <laughs> uh, just from a lifetime of ordering pizza from, like yeah. that's that's yeah that's a depressing fact right there it's burned that's in a... your brain that's all right that's good pizza so you're fine um, all right, coach, last question I've got for you. And this is a tough one. This is the, the one that stumps everybody. Um, if you could put together a Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen from guys you played with guys you've coached, uh, or guys that you were just a fan of growing up watching the game, who would be on that five man offensive line? Wow. Yeah, that is a big time. That is a big, big time question. Uh, man. There's been a lot of really good players over the over the years that I've been around, but a couple that stand out in my mind. We had a center at Western New England in my early part of my career, uh, mm -hmm. Jason LeBeau, who's actually the head coach at Western New England now. Um, he always stood out as just being a really tough human being and a guy who was always uh, – he just checked all the boxes, right? Like smart right. and tough and did all the things that you wanted a guy to do. And then obviously to see him uh, since playing grow into being a head coach college coach and be super successful doing that has been really gratifying to watch as a guy who was, you know, I didn't coach him positionally or anything like that. And he was a local guy that came to uh, Western New England and just was, you know, he just checked all those boxes and that, right. and that kind of stuff. Um, there was one at, uh, at, at Rhodes as well. Uh, DJ Coker, who's a guy who oh, got yeah. a, yeah, he got a hot second in the, uh, in the NFL with uh, the Texans, I think. And uh, the thing about DJ that was so cool was uh, he went to college as like a 17 year old. And he was way young, you know, came from a really good high school program in Atlanta. And then he worked every day, like, you know, the kind of guy who was like a walk on, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like the, the, nobody wanted me. I'm, I'm going to prove everybody wrong. 
and he grew into his body and he developed himself and he did all the work. And, you know, he's just a, a again, a hard work dude that you're like, wow, freak athlete right. at his size and all that kind of stuff. And just a guy that, you know, just really was, was, and he was fun to be around like the way he practiced, he got after people, man, like every day. And he was better than the guy across from him. It wasn't like it was no, an yeah, even yeah, matchup. Yeah. He was, he, he was like, I'm better than you. And not only that, I'm going to really make, you know, I'm better than you <laughs> every single snap. So like, he was definitely really fun. Uh, really, really fun dude to be around. Uh, there was a, there was a really uh, awesome center as well at, at uh, New Mexico military uh, from, from Canada. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Alex was, Alex was just like, he was just a tough dude, man. He, he blocked the heck out of people. And after he left us, I think he played at Houston. Um, he was really good. Uh, just a guy that, you know, again, was just fun to be around and, uh, and just really knocked people back and stuff like that. Um, but there, yeah, I mean, those are you know, the guys that you're around the offensive lineman that you're around in, in, uh, and there's a, there was an offensive lineman for us, Blake at, uh, at, Florida tech who now just has gotten into coaching. He was at middle Tennessee as a GA the last mm-hmm. couple of years. And, and uh, again, the guys that always intrigue me are the guys who are just really smart, really tough dudes sure. who, who really play hard. Um, and they all kind of check those same boxes. They were tough. Right. They played really physical uh, football. And then they, they really were smart players. You know, the right. guys who could really understand what was going on yeah. uh, from a, you know, from a, in the NFL perspective, man, I am blown away by NFL offensive linemen, not just some of them, all of them, yeah. like watching <laughs> what they're able to do yeah. is astounding to yeah. me. I mean, to see some of the, um, the physical things they can handle because I've been around some good players and to see the NFL player, that's a cut way above that. Even you're like, right. wow, that is a, that is an impressive, uh, that is an impressive deal to, to watch. Uh, the NFL is, is like such a different animal in terms of how good those guys are just this past season, watching the, uh, uh, Werfs, the guy out of Iowa that played for the Buccaneers. Oh, the rookie. Um, yeah. My goodness gracious. Uh, yeah. Just it's, it's astounding to watch a guy that age come into the league and do as well as he did. It's, right. it's just amazing. And it's such, and then, as a, as an offensive line guy, I mean, obviously it's such, we're in such a renaissance right now for the offensive line. I mean, this is the age of the offensive lineman. And and I hope, I mean, personally, I hope it lasts forever, but it it's probably the last four or five years, the position has become, you know, I don't want to use the word sexy, but it's become cool again. And, and it's, it's so there's so much, again, going back to what we talked about so much content and so much information and so many good players playing it right now that it's so, like you said, it's so it's so impressive just to watch anybody play on the offensive line in the NFL. Yeah, and, and I think too, it's it's intriguing to me to see the change that's happened where we're really referring to these O and D linemen as big skill now, the right. way that they've always they've really realistically always been, but it's not always they've not always gotten credit for it. It's like, man, that's a really good athlete who also happens to be a huge human. Like it's not Oh, he's a huge, he's a huge guy. Right. No, this is a great athlete who happens to also be a really big person, um, right. which is, is a, a, I think a different way of looking at those players. And it's always been true. It just hasn't always been talked about like that. Um, and I, I think that one of the things that will continue to evolve too is I think quarterbacks for a while have gotten the benefit of a lot of information getting exchanged between quarterback coaches to help make quarterback uh, development a thing. I think Mm -hmm. offensive line development has started to become more prevalent when 
the internet made those things more accessible. There was just right. a lot more information out there. And I think it's branched out to where other segments are getting into it too, right? There's more DB chat things happening where people are starting to talk and people starting to share ideas. And this idea of, hey, we're going to build groups and support systems and share ideas to where now maybe a guy who didn't know as much about O-line play who's a high school coach somewhere is getting a bunch of ideas from around the country and really upping his game as an O-line coach and players coming out of his program are now better O-linemen, better equipped to play at the next level. And of course you're going to get better play overall when you get those things going on, right? You're mm-hmm. putting more and more good plays and players into the top of the funnel. When you get guys that then get to college and then onto the pros, it always gets better and better and better. The more good players you can put in at the, the beginning. And I think you're seeing that happen, especially like, the development of O-line play from where it was when I started coaching to now is just a totally different animal in my opinion right. in terms of across the board. And now it's, can that, can we sustain that? And I think the answer is yes. If we can keep uh, guys in the sport, right. If we can keep big athletes wanting to play O-line. Sure. And I think right now, like you said, it's uh people are realizing, man, I can get paid and, and do good things. If I, if I go down this path or I can, I can play at college doing this. I can, play at high school doing this and um there's not a lot of other sports for big people right? no <laughs> no that's for yeah, because, sure yeah i mean you, you think about yourself like there's a lot of situations now where if you had played in a different generation right they might have been people telling you hey you should go play lacrosse or you should go do this or you should go do that which obviously wasn't a thing in the you know the 90s and 2000 in uh central illinois right that right. wasn't something that was a possibility and again because both neither of us are, you know, huge dudes. Like you would get, you get funneled to other sports. You get told, Hey, go play this other thing. Um, But obviously I don't think you'd ever change your experience playing offensive line for anything. No. Oh gosh. No. You know, there's other guys too, though, because they're bigger, there is no other option for them. They're like, yeah, you can lose. Yeah. You need to lose 60 pounds and then you can play lacrosse. The kids like lose 60 pounds. (laughs) How am I going to lose 60 pounds? Like I'm a, and you know, it's one of those things. The kid's like, wait, I could start right now at, at guard, right? Like right now I could go be a really good guard right now. And, and coach can help me, you know, turn my power and my, my bigness and my athleticism into something cool. Awesome. That's, that's great. I want to see guys do that because, yeah. you know, you want people to succeed being who they are and uh, not being told, Hey, you got to be this totally different thing. If you want to come do this, well, no, let's, let's let the big people do what big people <laughs> are good at. And universal truism, big people beat up little people. So yeah. find big oh. people take them and beat up little people. Exactly. And I, and, and we love it. Yeah. We love, we love every bit of it that we get to do. So yeah, 100%. All right, coach, well, do me a favor before we get you out of here, drop your Twitter handle um, and any other information you want the listeners to know. Cool. Uh, yeah. My Twitter, uh, the one I use for, for coaching and, and my professional side of things is uh, at Brian M Vaughn. And so V A U G H N. And then uh, the Blitzology stuff is at Blitzology blog. Uh, somebody else took uh, at Blitzology, which was depressing. Uh, <laughs> you know, so I don't have the really cool uh, moniker or anything like that. And then um, the website's Blitzology.com. Um, and there's, there's different articles and stuff like that. And one of the things that I always talk to people about, several people have come on and written about things they do in their defense. Um, I'm always open to guys who want to do that. Uh, it's, it's about sharing. It's about sharing ideas. So uh, if there's anybody out there who wants to talk about that, um, and at some point my my dream would be to have some offensive guys who would like to uh, come talk about football too, because I'm I'm definitely down for that to hear uh, you know offensive perspective on some of these pressure concepts and stuff like that. 
for sure. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, coach, I appreciate you coming on, man. It's been a blast talking with you. Uh, best of luck and everything going on. And um, hopefully we will, uh, we'll talk again soon. Sounds good, Tony. All right. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Make sure you like and subscribe, and you can find previous episodes on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, or any other podcast platform. Thank you.